0: three two one hello
1: and welcome to episode four of dragology study of RuPaul's Drag Race and where we rewatch every single episode and recap, react, throw shade and give you all of the tea. We are your hosts,
0: Beth and Lisa. Oh, that was a new one. Thank you. And on this episode, we're going to recap season one, episode three, the Queens of all (laughs) media. This podcast is going to contain all the spoilers All of them, y'all. So if you're new to Drag Race and haven't seen everything, including All-Stars, new season on deck, you haven't seen that. So don't worry. We won't spoil that. Canada, UK, and Holland. Still haven't seen Holland. Down Under, we have a new winner. And España. I've only seen one episode, so I'm behind on that. You didn't ask, but I told you. Sorry, I'm not sorry. If If you continue to listen and are pissed that we spoiled something. Sorry. I'm actually not sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry, we're not sorry. I don't know. I could go down the rabbit hole for a while. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Nope. <laughs> but we hope you do continue to listen because we are very cool and entertaining as I believe we have already established.
1: Last week, we recapped season one, episode two, girl group challenge. Um, Angina won last week's main challenge and Akasha and Tammy had to lip sync for their life. And in the end, Tammy, along with her eyebrows and her flailing <laughs> dance moves, <laughs> were uh, she was asked to sashay away, and <laughs> she was the second queen <laughs> to be eliminated from RuPaul's Drag Race. You mean RuPaul's Drag Race? Start your head, jids. RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Tammy so- didn't win. <laughs> She got eliminated second with her eyebrows.
0: (laughs) Yes, God, she did.
1: All right. So before we get into this recap, it's time to read the cards for your life. Life, 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 life. Life. Because reading tarot cards is.
0: Did you say fundamental?
1: Yeah. Das
0: (laughs) Queen. (laughs)
1: so if you've been listening to us we have a drag race tarot card deck made by enjoy my cake on all platforms it is called the fortune queen's drag race tarot card deck and um he's actually making a volume two of the deck and he's doing all new cards. Like every single card is going to be brand new. And I ordered it. <laughs> it was it. it was like a quarter of the price. Because um, he's on Kickstarter right now. So if you listen to this. Go back him on Kickstarter. Um, I 100% recommend. They are so incredibly beautiful. Um, so I'm going to have two of these decks. And I'm actually very, very excited to get the second one. Um, there's rose gold foiled edges. And it's just it's so, so beautiful. So I highly recommend. Um, but anyway, last week we pulled the Emperor, reversed, and went to damnation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but this week, there.
1: <clears throat> this week, we are going to pull a new card.
0: Okay. You ready? ready? Yeah. Charisma.
1: I knew yeah, you were going to pick yes. this
0: one. <laughs> Nerve, talent, pick your card. Pick it, pick it, pick it. Uh, okay.
1: It's upside down.
0: Cool. Damnation. We have
1: <laughs> Queen of Pentacles.
0: Oh, I, I don't know anything about tarot cards, but I think that's really bad. Does she have tentacles on?
1: She's got little, um, she's wearing a green dress. She's got spiders on her. I'm pretty sure this is uh, Violet.
0: Okay. This one really might mean damnation.
1: Okay. Queen of Tentacles. On this card is Violet Chachki season seven on the season eight finale. So this is her. Oh. um, Returning look. Yes. Um, Okay. We pulled it reversed. So upside down. Financial independence, self-care, and work-home conflict. This is very interesting because when I listened to my astrology reading, it was very similar. Say more. Um, in my astrology reading, they were talking about finances and um, work and things that um, I started six months ago are beginning to like, flourish even more this week.
0: I wonder what that could be.
1: I don't know. We'll talk about it at a later date.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about it on our
1: one-on-one later this week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is going to go on my little. The reigning queen
0: is Violet Chachki. Let's spill some tea. It's always time for tea. It's always time for tea with you, me, and Gigi. What if Gigi said her name like that? not gg good it's gg good then she would be french she could be whatever she wants speaking of french
1: which is really interesting when me and kate went to i didn't tell kate this but when we went to (laughs) she just passed me when we went to drive and drag and not drive and drag um drag brunch and one of the queens that performed there i think she um lives in new york like i don't think she lives here because I followed her on Instagram and she's like in New York for the past like month. And I don't think she lives here. I think she lives in New York, but she posted on her Instagram that she was out with Nikki doll. And she said, and she said, when mama feeds you shots. And I was like, excuse me, are you Nikki dolls
0: drag daughter? Was she? I don't know. That's what it said on her Instagram. I mean the truth of the matter is mama can be interpreted in many different ways in the drag world I feel like
1: <laughs> yeah but that's the only logical
0: well well none of hey, them t- are necessarily logical but I I like where <laughs> you're going with it I mm-hmm. got to do some stalking
1: yeah her name is um lotta envy on instagram
0: that's a great name
1: it is a good Envy. Uh, it is a good Envy. <laughs> it's a good Envy. <laughs> it's a good drag name. Okay, so let's spill some real tea and talk about the winner of Drag Race Down Under because we have a new a new winner.
0: Before we talk about this, can we talk about the fact that they are already promoing another UK? Mm-hmm. Lawrence, Lawrence Cheney is going to get like two months of raining.
1: I know. What the heck? That was so fast. I, that was really fast. I saw that the other day and I was like, what?
0: Huh? I saw someone post when when Lawrence is only the reigning queen for six months or something.
1: (laughs) I was like, "What?" It's kind of crazy. I don't know. Weird. Like, did they
0: film two at one time? Like what? Right, like one after the other. I mean, maybe. But let's talk about Down Under. So, Lisa, what was your reaction? What did you think?
1: I would love to post our reactions on our Instagram because I I was very very excited. I, I didn't think that Ketamine was going to win. I'm so happy she did, though. Uh, I'm very, very happy that she won. I'm just so happy for her. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've ever felt, like, this happy for a queen winning. Like, I don't know. She was just, like, the underdog that was kind of there. And then she just did well throughout the whole entire thing, really. But, like, I don't think anyone saw her as, like, a threat or, like... To me, she was kind of, like, the filler queen.
0: I thought she was, like, the nice, like, mom queen. Oh, there was the button. Yeah. It was shade. It was definitely shade right there.
1: Oof. But, like, I don't
0: know. Is that kind of, like, bad to say? Well, no, because I do think, like... I will be honest, until the last episode, I didn't, like, feel like team anybody. Like, during the finale episode, I, I mean, I texted you when I was watching it, and I said, like, Ketamine is, like, she's killing it. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, thinking to myself, if she doesn't win, I'm going to be kind of mad. Like, she deserves to win, whether it was the way they edited it or the way she actually, like, you know, brought it to fruition. And... I, I didn't have, of the top four, there wasn't like anybody that I like loved.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: But there wasn't anybody that was going to be mad if they won or didn't win. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed all four of them. But it wasn't until the final episode that I was like, she better win. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to cause riot. Would yeah. I cause a riot? No. But would I have been sad? Yes.
1: The For me, it was definitely between ketamine and art. And I think I would have loved to see Art win too, but my heart was just so happy when Kita won. Like She, I don't know, it was just like such a warm feeling. I don't know. Just like she exudes that kind of energy and gives off that energy and makes other people feel that way. I don't know. I don't
0: know how to explain it. She's um, exactly what the world needs right now. Mm-hmm. Warm you and know what fuzzies. Though? Lots of warm and fuzzies. You know what though, Art Simone, she come up, she coming for All Stars. She's not a regular season winner queen. Mm-mm. She's an All Stars queen. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that. She's she- so
0: she's so like conceptual and high fashion and ridiculous. She's so funny. She is so funny and so dirty.
1: Mm-hmm. I like her. I
0: I also think that her when you look at like the level of the looks in the season, Art, Simone, and ketamine really were elevated, not from like a, like I think like Scarlett, she was a beautiful and like wore a lot of body suits or so like not a lot of clothes, sort of like Courtney Act queen. Um, but those two, Art and ketamine were like, they didn't come to play
1: they're like on the level of Evie Oddly for me.
0: It was like every detail was thought about, put into practice, thought about seventeen times. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even want to know how much money they spent on that those wardrobes yeah. because it was sure more than thirty thousand dollars. You know what else we have to talk about? <gasps> Did you just remember? No, we have to talk about Alona Verley and our coffee chat. Oh, okay. We got to, um, I won't throw names here, but we, our company, um, supported a chat with two Canadian drag Queens, both of indigenous heritage, one of which was Alona Verley. And so Lisa and I got to spend an hour just like listening to Alona Verley, just like talk about her experience as an indigenous, um, two-spirit queen and it was fascinating
1: it was so good I sat there the entire time like
0: you can't see her but her mouth's hanging wide open just like with a (laughs) a um, like
1: derpy like a little derpy face it was so good I loved um I, I I just loved listening about like just her experience not just on drag race but about just being queer in the indigenous community
0: I felt like I learned so yeah, much.
1: Me too. I I don't know anything about that community.
0: I mean, I I don't know anything about many of those communities. You know, I know like as someone who considers himself a very outspoken ally, like that's all I know. I I cannot imagine the oppression that you feel as part of the like you feel Lisa as part of the queer community and then layer onto that, you know, mm-hmm. being indigenous, which there is nothing but oppression yeah. <laughs> as an indigenous human in this world. I mean, for God's sake, everything was taken from them. <laughs> that was the definition of oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like I, I, especially in light of recent events in Canada, Yes, I learned so much.
1: I loved her when she was on Drag Race. I think she was just so different. And like she, I don't know if this like would be a way that she like describes her drag. But she's like pastel goth. I see it. And like I'm very into like the goth queens. (laughs) I see it. Like grungy type. Like that's, I don't know, like Adore Delano is very that. And I don't know, like, she's very just, like, gothy, but in
0: pastel. She's, like, pastel emo. But then add in, like, a layer of, like, birthday cake. Yeah. That's, like, how I would describe her. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I just – I was drawn to that style of her drag when she was on the show. And when she came out in that final look – Oh, is beautiful. Ugh, I was like, oh my God. One of my favorite looks, her finale look. It was like one of my favorite looks I've ever seen on Drag Race.
0: We'll have to talk, we'll have to actually come prepare the next episode and think a little bit, like talk a little bit more about that. Because I think they're I mean, this week was um Indigenous People's Day in Canada. And I, I think that we're uh it's time to have a lot more conversation about like how um, how to support how to better support indigenous um, people and then also how to better support indigenous queens you know Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I agree I would love to see it
0: same we'll bring it next time okay put a pin in it put a pin in it you know we're not gonna put a pin in though drive and drag (laughs) drive and drag
1: <laughs> so me and beth went to me and beth amongst others went to the drive and drag saves 2021 it was i think that one was probably my favorite out of the ones i went to because i went to the other two i mean the first one was really good too because it was my first one and i got to touch Vanjie.
0: But that just sounds like wrong.
1: (laughs) She she gave me a high five. Oh, it's been 30 minutes. Alexa, (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so this one included we had Cameron Michaels. We had Aquaria. We had Rose. Rose, Violet, Gottmick, Banji lady bunny lady bunny and asia o'hara
0: uh-huh
1: who was your favorite that's hard that is not hard for me
0: well i know because you were crying during your favorite you tell people your favorite first
1: rose ended up being my favorite <laughs> tonight. i mean i was really excited to hear her sing her song she did kill like, it She did so good. I I mean, I didn't expect to love her as much as I did. But I, for whatever reason, I was standing there watching Rosé on stage. And then Kate goes, are you crying? I'm like, no. And And then Matt goes, are you crying? I'm like, no. And it was just so good.
0: It was so emotional, baby. It
1: was. She she was just such a good dancer and just performer in general.
0: She and did. When, she when did someone, bring the house like, down.
1: When someone can like truly, truly dance on stage, like do choreo and like hit the beats and like freaking sing too. Girl, I'm about it. It was so good.
0: I think that's why I don't. I couldn't necessarily tell you my. I can tell you who my favorite queen is of that bunch, but in terms of performance, I don't think I can tell you who my favorite was because they were all so good. I mean, I feel like I'd have to like give the crown to either Rose because she brought the house down with her own song, or Violet Trautte because she blew fire. Yeah, I mean,
1: Violet was okay. I don't. I don't. But she know. blew fire. She blew fire, but anyone could blow fire. Do you want to swallow kerosene and blow fire? I'm pretty sure she, did. she just swallowed alcohol.
0: No, apparently it's not alcohol because I was Googling it after. Oh. Apparently it's like <laughs> harder. It's like hot. It's, like it's hard stuff. Hard stuff, like kerosene oh. or something. I mean, whatever it is, I don't want to do it.
1: I would do it. But the last show that we went to and Riley was there, she had like batons like flaming batons and that was better i don't know it was more impressive to me but i do appreciate that she did do some dancing yeah she, she did never, she never uh really dances she kind of just like prances around and-
0: i thought she was good i mean when i like th- when i think about level of technical difficulty it would be rosé and-, <laughs> and violet because of their additions um I think, like, Fangie is, like, just such a showstopper.
1: She is. I mean, she she does that choreography, too.
0: She does whatever she wants, and I'm here for it.
1: And Aquaria literally played the keyboard.
0: Yeah, also. I mean, I, that's why I don't think I could pick. I don't think I could pick who I was most impressed by because, like, Asia O'Hara was such a good MC.
1: She's always so good. That beginning at the beginning they did the whole like COVID thing and she's like sitting there like
0: you know what is something funny that's, that's about so this funny. about the beginning because she came out in those big old pink poofy sleeves
1: Uh-huh.
0: Kevin looks at me and goes I like her poofy sleeves <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh tell tell the world um, what Asia O'Hara said to Kevin
0: okay so so as you all know if you've listened to any of her episodes um, drag queens love Kevin I love kevin who's As kevin <laughs> my, uh, kevin is my husband the one that doesn't believe we have a podcast although he might believe we have a podcast now but i don't i'm not sure we're like 50 50 he wasn't mm-hmm. like what are you doing when i came up to here, here to um record so we we went with two of our friends who are in the queer community in like our little pod patio situation and one of them our friend jalen looks at kevin after this happens and said what well, bro you're hetero hot <laughs>
1: God, that's so funny. So, so wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Can we please get a shirt for Kevin that says "Hetero Hot"?
0: What, bro? That's, You're that's hetero name, hot.
1: That's the name of our episode, right there. <laughs> hetero hot.
0: <laughs> so sure enough, I mean, we're not even like in the middle. We're kind of oh. off to the side, like a couple, a couple coming. patios back. He
1: came for you.
0: Oh, she said she saw kevin and said i'm gonna go see if that guy is straight or not yes um and <laughs> kevin was like he was like into it he was like cheering he was like you know excited blah 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 he doesn't know any of any of the queens He just like knows they're really great drag queens because obviously they are they're some of the best in the world we have like you know lawn chair he sits down in the lawn chair asia o'hara starts beelining towards us and i was like oh she's coming over here Oh, here she comes here she comes bypasses our two friends and myself and goes straight between us to kevin and said hey why are you sitting down on the mic and he stands up and goes i just sat down <laughs> on the mic to everyone and she goes what's your name and he said kevin and she goes who are you here with and he said beth me and i'm just sitting there like i cannot believe asia harris is close to my face right now um and then she goes who's beth and he goes trying not to give it away so hard my wife and she goes come on (laughs) (laughs) and she just like turns
1: around and walks away
0: (laughs) she turned around and walked away and then came back (laughs) and then asked him a couple more questions and Jalen and i were just like fangirling the fact that asia hero was over here i was like "Ah, i'm bringing you to every show i'm bringing you to every show Mm -hmm. always invited Yep. You know what show I don't want to bring him to now after I just said that out loud is Bianca Del Rio because I sure as hell don't want Bianca to come talk I know. to me. <laughs> I want to get into a battle of wits with Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> I know, right?
1: Can you imagine? No, absolutely not, sis.
0: So anyhow, that was funny and <clears throat> um, confirmed our theory in a very large way. Um, he says it to me after that one with the long uh, he didn't know anybody's names. The one with the long, light brown hair that one hottest one he's talking about Banshee.
1: <laughs> speaking of the hottest one um cameron michaels
0: oh i really enjoyed cameron's like i just like enjoyed being in like cameron's like presence
1: yeah me too i think i'm just really proud of cameron michaels for wearing like a tank top i mean because in i just every single like look that she's worn she rarely shows her arms because she knows that that makes her less feminine
0: well but i do get one flying you know what because me, her arms are incredible yeah i enjoyed it i thought in terms of costuming i mean i loved cameron's look me the too. catwoman look it was so good it was so good i think out of
1: out of all of them cameron's look was the best oh
0: a hundred percent
1: mm-hmm yeah tbt
0: throwback thursday any last thoughts about driving drag are we moving on to our <coughs> we're moving on to our episode but before we move on to our episode let's take a break uh
1: sponsored by the banished dark red 2020
0: i was gonna say what <laughs> is the banished oh it's your wine okay are we ready to talk
1: now about go ahead episode? now
0: go ahead we can go on
1: okay All right. Let's talk about season. All right. Let's talk about. (laughs) Let's talk about season one, episode three. Queens of (gasps) all media.
0: Let's talk about it.
1: Okay. (laughs) Beth, you go first.
0: (laughs) Okay. um, Well you know i'm gonna steal a note from you that i didn't notice because i did notice the last time when her shirt said i'm famous in japan and i did not notice this time when rebecca's shirt says i can be your private dancer i
1: wonder i wonder if she has sayings on her shirt every episode i'm literally looking for it now oh my gosh that which is, is so good it's just so good because she's so quiet and has no facial expressions like at all so when she has like these weird shirts i think it's like her inner self talking like out loud on her shirt presenting to the world because she's boring
0: i mean you don't wear shirts like that if you're actually boring and she just looks boring she ain't boring speaking of her face the f- this is skipping so far ahead, but when Rue looks at her while she's making her outfit and said, oh, you chose to make an outfit in this challenge. I hope you also choose to shave your mustache.
1: <laughs> Does she really say that? I missed that, sis. I missed that. She really said that? Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't breathe. Stop. I paused it and I looked at it and I said, rewind. I want to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> this mini challenge wasn't even a
1: mini challenge. I mean, it was, but no one won it. And it was super confusing to me. Like, Rue was just like, hey, you have a pop quiz answers these questions.
0: And I was like, okay, what's the category? I didn't know any of them besides the Windy City. I lived like, there for eight years.
1: Yeah, I was like, I didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: and then he asked three questions. And then at the end, he was like, what do all these have in common? And apparently the answer was Oprah. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about Oprah, really.
0: Well, no. let me tell you, Chanel freaking out, saying, oh, no, Oprah is God. And then BB being personally insulted yeah. by the fact that Oprah is not God and that God is God was all I needed to see.
1: Yeah, and that's so funny because I just watched the episode on season 11 about – um how they were gonna like praise Britney and Silky didn't wanna do that because of the same reason that BB didn't want, didn't like that Chanel said that Oprah was God, which I thought was like foreshadowing. I don't know. It was just like very like the same thing. BB was
0: so insulted. Yeah. And also, how, ha- like, one more connect the dots here. Chanel says that. Oprah helped her lose like 65 pounds and said, yeah, I was 217 when I first learned about Oprah. Do you weigh 110 pounds? Yeah. Kind
1: of weird. I don't know. Maybe.
0: There's no way Chanel weighed under 150 in the, is Chanel five foot one? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, F. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello, uh, where's where's the calculator? <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, uh, Oprah. Can you uh, help us do some math? <laughs> uh, Oprah, I need your iPhone calculator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was interesting. I have one more thing to say about Chanel. Okay, what? The tiny ponytail. Her
1: tiny but, ponytail?
0: Did you notice this? No. Anytime Chanel's gonna put on a wig, she makes the tiniest ponytail. Uh, Right here oh. <laughs> at the crown of her head. And it's just like too much for me. I can't look at anything else besides the tiny ponytail. It's like an inch and a half sticking straight out off the back of her head.
1: That's like whenever we watch the runway, the only thing that I can look at is Santino's Adam's apple.
0: <laughs> That's how I feel about Chanel's ponytail. It's exactly how I about <laughs> Chanel's ponytail. Oh, funny. Like literally 2 a T. That could be another t-shirt. Mm. Santino's... Chanel's- Adam's apple (laughs) ponytail versus Chanel's ponytail who would win Uh, honestly that's a great question who would win no I don't know
1: let's make a poll on insta
0: battle of the wits anyone could win it's anyone's ball game anyone's ball game
1: so um Rue says that their challenge their main challenge is going to be like channeling Oprah Winfrey And a lot of the girls are confused about if it's an impersonation challenge or if it's, like, them, like, channeling her and Jade starts, like, freaking out over it. Yep. She's confused about impersonating, looking like Oprah, or not looking – like, she's just, like, very confused. And I think a lot of them are confused because – the expectations and the directions from Rue weren't super clear. Do we think that was on
0: purpose though?
1: I mean, I don't know. No, I don't think I don't think it was on purpose. I think it was a lack of planning. Not planning, but like a lack of experience on a season. Like now, yeah. the challenges are very clear and the expectations are clear. But now like at the beginning I don't think a lot of what's going on is still like being figured out and in limbo so it's not really as clear as it is now
0: It it's different like impersonating Oprah and like looking like Oprah I guess but at the same time like if you would have like really channeled Oprah you probably would have been good at the challenge you know right like you don't necessarily need to like well they, they kind of did clock a few of the queens for not looking enough like oprah like speaking of chanel chanel had some sort of high fashion couture sort of situation on that was not, <laughs> not oprah and they mm-hmm. did mention that like hey this doesn't look like oprah it's like yeah. when they it's like when their um runway is rupaul like rupaul through the decades or whatever right they mm-hmm. don't need to like look like rupaul but they need to look like rupaul
1: right yeah
0: i don't think they were like there yet yeah with it and let, let me tell you, none of them besides Angina actually really channeled Oprah. <laughs> and Angina was so good.
1: Yeah, Angina was good. And they, well, then RuPaul comes in and she's like, oh, by the way, we're going to make you do um, a teleprompter. Like you have to do a newscast, read off a teleprompter. You have to sell a product and you have to interview someone and they don't easy. No, but what's not what is even more not easy is they didn't I mean they didn't show this but they didn't show the girls like planning anything they can't plan anything yeah but like normally when you have an interview challenge a lot of the girls like know who they're interviewing and they like plan for like they ask questions and whatever but they had no idea who they were interviewing when they have to sell something normally they like come up with the product that they're selling and they like come up with a script and blah 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 they had no idea that they were gonna go in and try to sell a freaking hair dryer like they were just like sit here do this okay here it is okay
0: you know how we were talking about how you have experience in hair and everything Like how you're like, well, how do I know about this wig? Well, because I have worked with wigs like that, right? Uh What they did in this challenge, coming from someone who worked in journalism, reporter, this is how journalism works. You literally sit down and they hand you something and you're like, you go on live in three, two, one, talk about it, go. Like Rue just took like the real side of journalism. But then I'm assuming after the fact, when they all bombed, realized- Oh, well, they aren't trained journalists and it's really hard to throw someone into an interview that you don't even have prep work on. And it's also really hard to expect someone to be able to read off of a teleprompter with something they didn't write and all this stuff. And then it has evolved since then. But like that, what they did was real life. That's mm-hmm. how it works.
1: Interesting. <laughs> like look at us, real look at life us using our real life experiences
0: to analyze RuPaul's Drag Race. Teleprompters, Ooh, they are not easy they're not easy. And back in the day, so do you know how back in the day at that time teleprompters were run? You have you ever like been around a teleprompter? No, but I've like seen one. Someone's foot was on a pedal. Going like this. And the fat the further your foot goes down, the faster that goes. Oh. So there wasn't even like manual control. There wasn't even like consistent control back in that day. It was just like someone's foot Ooh, my foot got too heavy. Ooh, ooh, oh, 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 <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, that was when you look at this challenge, this is that had to be one of the hardest challenges they've ever, ever done. Like, yeah. on the fly, test of improvisation, test of like thinking on your feet. Like, that had to be one of the hardest things they've done. Because to you, to your original point, like every other one of these, they have time to prep. They know who they're the people they're interviewing are. And that's because it's really unfair to expect someone to be able to thrive in that type of environment when they don't have like training. And to be honest, it's hard to expect someone to thrive in that type of environment when they do have training.
1: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting perspective, Beth Doodle.
0: Cheers um, to our baby Oprahs. <laughs>
1: Well, they end ended up interviewing Tori Spelling and Dean, which I'm assuming is her husband. Still, her husband. I'm. I don't know. I don't follow Tori Spelling. Should I goggle um, it? Sure, goggle. You want to goggle it? Well, they ended up. While you do that, they ended up interviewing them. Um, but they did have like cards that they could read off of, which was held up by the pit crew. I know with no clothes,
0: essentially no clothes on, no clothes cards. on.
1: So they were holding up like reading cards and they read off the cards or whatever. My favorite part was when Tori Spelling and Dean, her husband maybe, came in and Akasha just like sat there <laughs> and then got up with her butt their face. That was it. Was just so uncomfy to
0: watch. Okay, you want to hear something else uncomfy? Yeah. This article is from one day ago. <laughs> Tory Spelling ditches husband Dean McDermott on Father's Stop! Day. Stop. Drinks liquor at gas station with million-dollar listing star Josh Flagg. <laughs>
1: what? One day oh. Ago. One wow, this is coming
0: full circle. (laughs) One day ago. One day ago. (laughs) The lead from this is Tori Smelling ditched her husband Dane McDermott on Father's Day amid their marital problems. And then instead, the actress spent time with million dollar listing star Josh Flagg at the parade of rare cars. The two spent hours hanging out in Beverly Hills and showcased it all on Instagram Live.
1: (gasps) Instagram Live?
0: That's funny. In one clip, Tori tells her followers she was out on a Sunday with her sugar daddy. Hello? What? Well, Hello?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't even care about celebrity gossip or pop culture or really anything like this, but that's so interesting that we're talking about it right now. And this happened one
0: day ago. It's so interesting that I goggled it and this came up. Okay, wait. I didn't mention this, but um, Nina Flowers in the Teleprompter challenge literally was trying to say Muhammad and said Mahomo.
1: (laughs) Nina Flowers also said, I wrote it down. She goes, Nina says, this is your name. Good night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She said, this is your name good night anyhow well we'll watch what happens live the next time on that
1: i guess we'll watch what happens you want to take a break
0: are we invested now i guess yeah take a break fine
1: all right let's take a break we'll be right back maybe okay we're back from our break (laughs) aren't you glad yeah that was a long break we are sponsored by
0: um get laundry hamper in the floor beside me
1: Oh, is it a plastic one?
0: No, it's um, woven.
1: Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Um, when me- this is really random, but when me and Kate were moving, um, after I moved in with her after grad school, I moved in with her and we were moving to another place like together. And she had three, three plastic laundry hampers three of them I'm like she had three plastic ones and then she had one that was like nice like one that we have now it's like metal on the outside and it's like a bag it's nice so she's got a nice one that she uses and then three plastic laundry hampers so I was like we're getting rid of these and she's like no they're sentimental and I'm like it's a a what it's a plastic laundry hamper and we have a hamper. Like why do we need 4? Why were they why were they sentimental? So <laughs> she said, "Well, this one I got when I was in college and then this one my sister got me when I was in college and then this one I was like, no, we're getting rid of them." So I got, how, got did rid they, of them. how did they how do they not break? I don't know. But we got rid of them. All right, this runway. Onto a rainbow of
0: chaos. <laughs> um, The category was best drag. Which is really early for that category. And, I I, and secondarily, I don't believe it for one second. This was most of their best track.
1: No, I mean, it was early for this category. But if you think about it, there's only six of them left. Yeah, seven, seven of them. Seven yeah. of them left. So it's only the third episode, though. I know. I guess they didn't want to waste it. I guess not. But uh, the judges, um, the guest judges are top media consultant, Howard Bragman, and Mad TV person, Deborah Wilson-Skelton. And I have no idea who these people are. And Santino's Adam's apple (laughs) looks extremely (laughs) big this week. Sponsored by
0: Santino Rice's Adam's apple. It, It looks extremely big this week. You know you know one thing here's here's a life tip when you don't really know how else to describe somebody slash they haven't really done much you call them a consultant howard bragman sure he's great but they didn't say emmy award-winning movie (laughs) producer they said top Top media media consultant." consultant
1: what'd you think of the runways
0: um Really torn about Chanel's.
1: I loved
0: it. I just felt like it was a little, um, like Maleficent, I guess. No, it like Medusa. But it wasn't Medusa. I mean, it like wasn't Medusa. It wasn't snakes. It was vines.
1: I loved it.
0: Like I liked it, but I also agreed with the critique that like. Chanel came to paint Chanel, you know, like she ended up in the bottom too, but it was because they were like, we see showgirl and we don't see Chanel. and I agree with that. I don't think that that this yeah. look like represented Chanel at all. I think it was like pretty she looked beautiful. I, I really liked her.
1: It. I really liked her look. Her look and BB's look were my favorites. BB looked so good. Phoebe crushed it this week. She she looked so good. Her classic, like, hair. And then she had her, like, she had a black, like, coat. Like, a ruffly fluffy coat over a leopard catsuit. And that. And the think, corset on top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, today, that look wouldn't pass. But from what it was, like, then and representing what her drag is, like, that's her classic drag look. And I i really, really loved it. And I think that was one of the first,
0: like, reveals. Yeah, I think you're right. BB. yeah. I mean, I think that there's, like, again, like – as I continued to watch this season, I think I kind of like fell in love with the personality of other queens other than B.B., but like this episode particularly is a really like clear reminder of like why she ended up being the first queen, the queen Mm -hmm. to win RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. She was head and above the best at the Oprah challenge. It just all told, she was the most professional. She was the most like... Um, unbothered with all of the things that got thrown at her, she was beautiful. Her makeup, her hair I mean, it was just she was a whole level. Chanel, Nina Flowers, amazing, and BB was like another step up.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then you see, um, Rebecca and Akasha, they literally look like they're going to senior prom together. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure someone wore Rebecca's dress to my senior prom, even though I didn't go to my senior prom. But I'm pretty sure, like, someone did wear that senior prom. And Akasha falls on the runway and does, like, a little spin and then gets back up. And she recovered pretty quickly,
0: in my opinion. Can we talk about, though – can we talk about Rue's feedback? What's her feedback? Rue says to Akasha, this is why – you do a test walk in your dress. Not, I'm so sorry you fell. You recovered well. It was, <laughs> now you know why you do a test walk in your dress. And then moves on to the next Oh my person. God. And I'm like. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I mean, but you're not wrong. No. RuPaul. But also. No. Oh my. So.
1: I mean, we talked about it sort of, but BB ends up winning the challenge. <clears throat> Chanel and Akasha end up in the bottom two.
0: They lip sync to a very emotional song. Can I tell you my one word, my one sentence about Chanel? Uh huh. Chanel is naked but killing it.
1: Yeah, she is. Even though her headpiece falls off, and they do such a dramatic, so edit.
0: so dramatic. It's
1: like done, done, done. And then they show the headpiece falling off like
0: repeatedly a couple of times. And then you see her little ponytail.
1: Yep, yep. You see the ponytail and her headpiece falls off and she keeps going and gets even more dramatic and ends up winning, winning, winning the lip sync.
0: Do we think that Chanel won because Akasha had been in the bottom three every time? Or did Chanel actually win?
1: No, I think Chanel actually won that lip sync.
0: I don't think the edit shows me enough to know. Well, I also think it's, um, I don't really think
1: that whoever wins the lip sync has to win the lip sync. I think whoever wins the lip sync, like if I were Rue, I would think about not only like the challenges, but who she wants to win. Like who does she see being Like, representing her as a brand. And maybe she didn't believe that Akasha was that. Like, that's what I think about the most when I think of America's Next Drag Superstar. Is who would represent our country, our drag community as a whole, like, in America. And who would be a good, like, spokesperson, sort of, for the title it's like Miss America sort of like who would be the best person to put on that pedestal and to be out there and like doing all these things and being like a like a drag role model and I think a lot of our winners or most of them have been that you know and maybe she didn't think Akasha was that did you just end the episode I don't know, but I put an hour. <laughs> but I put an hour document that you had to have a condolence at the end.
0: <laughs> okay, I actually do have one. I have one. Okay, but I think that was a really great wrap up. Wrap up to the um, episode. I have one, and it's about um, wrapping up Pride Month and allyship. And what made me think of this was you mentioning that you were happy that Kevin asked you your thoughts on trans athletes. Um, so actually, give, let's give our listeners, give them a background on, on why Kevin asked you that.
1: Sure. Um, well, we went to brunch and Kevin, Beth's husband, just out of the blue, we were just like chilling there, eating, drinking mimosas, whatever. And he's like, so Lisa, what do you think about this whole thing about States banning trans athletes from participating in sports. And it was just like a random question from a hetero, <laughs> <Heterohot>.
0: <laughs> hetero,
1: hetero hot, like cis white male. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we just had an honest conversation about it. And I told him what I thought about it being basically BS. And, um, I mean, I, dra- I I dated a trans person, so like, I was not like, I never experienced not being able to participate in sport by, but I experienced,, um, like secondhand from someone who was banned from participating in college sports. like my ex had to play on the female, um, flag football team in college because he wasn't able to participate on the men's team. So I just, like, experienced that, like, whole thing, and we just had a conversation about it. Um,
0: so, yeah. Go ahead, Beth. Your turn. Well, yesterday um, – I don't even know if you – Lisa, do you follow football? mm So yesterday, the first active – So currently on a roster, NFL football player came out as gay. Did you know that yet? No. His name is Carl, Carl Nassib. I actually went to school with his brother. He went to Syracuse. He was um, a fresh, Carl was a freshman when I was a senior. Great football player has been in the um, league for probably four or five years now. What does he play on? He plays on the Raiders. Oh, he's, he's on the Raiders roster um, I'm like, listen, it's about time. There are a hundred something, well, there's 53 active players on every team.
1: there's, there's got to be some 32
0: game teams. Ones. They're not all straight. It's not, the math is not there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no one has ever felt comfortable enough to come out and say something. Like we've yeah. had players come out as part of the queer, co- queer community after the fact, but never when they were in the NFL. Like, it's a particularly, like, masculine, testosterone-dominant sport, like with football. Well, Carl Nassif is not at the end of his career. He's not about to retire. He's, like, 25, 26. Um, And he he went from someone who was, like, a relatively well-known in the fan base athlete, right? Because you know all your players when you're a Raiders fan or whatever it is before I walked in the room tonight, Kevin was like, Hey, did you see Carl Nassib's Jersey is the number one most sold NFL Jersey now? <laughs> I was like, what? No, but that's really cool. Yeah. Like I, but then I started thinking about it. today. I was like, there, are, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. Are you going to cry maybe but (laughs) but who are football fans right like they watch the nfl but they've never had anyone like them and like so what if he likes men he's also a badass athlete who can you know tackle some people who cares you know Mm -hmm. and i think that there's just like i'm not sure exactly where it started but i think with you know replay 2020 and the push for Um, The Black Lives Matter movement, particularly within the BIPOC community, I think it's we're beginning to see that like play out in other communities, particularly now in the LGBTQ plus community. And like, whoever thought that we would hear someone say who's an active NFL player that he's gay, and his team was part of the reason why he decided to come out because Mm -hmm. they were so supportive of him. But isn't that, isn't that like a really, like, I think that's just fantastic.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love to see it.
0: It's unexpected. It's Mm -hmm. honest because like we said, do the math. There are other gay players. There are other queer athletes in the NFL and not a single one of them have felt supported enough to say that. Mm -hmm. And finally someone did when I was on, when I was on, um, Instagram last night it was like I don't know, 8 p.m. and I I went I looked up Carl and I was like I haven't thought about Carl in so long because I you know know him by you know osmosis a little bit and I was like I wonder how, I I want to look him up on Twitter or on Instagram so I looked him up on Instagram he had like 100,000 followers I woke up this morning he had 122,000 followers
1: <laughs> really yeah. <laughs> oh I love I said, that
0: hey Kevin guess what Carl Nassif has 22,000 more followers than when I went to bed last night and he goes well he's about to get a lot more Beth <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and I think that's the energy that I want to take through the rest of Pride Month well yeah. he's about to get a lot he's about to get a lot more Beth mm-hmm. that's what I want to take through Pride Month and that's my yeah. that's my cherry on top of this episode
1: great cheers to Carl Nassif, Nassif.
0: Nassib that Nassib Nassib. I'm going to buy you his jersey, Carl Nassib.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't follow football.
0: Well, you might now. I think there's going to be a lot of people who weren't football fans who might pay attention a little bit more now to the Raiders. Cheers to the LA Raiders. Cheers to Carl Nassib. Great. Athena, pour- I thought was going to bark, and she didn't.
1: Pour one out for Akasha because she sashays away this episode. Pour one out for Akasha. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, our, our screen name on Instagram is dragology.podcast. And on Twitter, we are Dragology Pod. So follow us on there. And then follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the end of the episode. I hope you
0: enjoy. And if you didn't enjoy, come back next time anyways.
1: Yep. Love
0: you. <laughs> peace signs. Peace signs. Peace signs. Peace signs.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I have to finish my wine still
0: Um, I, I, I might have one more glass I have to go to bed